0: please come on out. We really would appreciate it. We are here to let you know that the reason, of course, for Christmas is the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He came into the world to save sinners. He came to save us from our sins. That's the glorious message that we have and that we want to share with you today. So please come on out. We'd love to have you right here so we can see you and meet you later on and talk with you concerning the community here. This morning we had the privilege of going from house to house to give out a basket full of food items. We trust that you got yours. And uh, that was just a demonstration of love motivated by our love for Jesus Christ. Now we want to show you from the Word of God why Jesus came on the first Christmas so long ago.
1: So please come on
0: out. Join us in singing and listening to the Word of God. Right now we're going to have our Minister of Music, Anton Wallace, to come. And he's going to lead us in some singing at this time. Anton.
2: Thank you, Pastor Lee. Good evening, everybody. It's good to be out under the stars on a nice, cool evening. And, you know, we are just delighted to be in the neighborhood again, just to bring some joy and some encouragement to the neighborhood, and the love of Christ is the motivation behind all of this. We're going to just sing some favorite Christmas songs of the season with you. These are hopefully not too unfamiliar, and we just want you to chime in and just uh, have a good time singing praises to the Lord with us under the stars tonight. How about that? Oh, come all you faithful, joyful and triumphant. Oh, come ye. Come ye to Bethlehem. Let's adore him, Christ the Lord.
1: Everyone. Oh, come all ye faithful.
2: He is Lord of all. And it's a joy and a privilege to just celebrate Him tonight. And can you imagine what it was like to be one of those shepherds out in the field? We're going to sing the first Noel, and we're going to imagine that first announcement that came to the shepherds that night, and how amazed they must have felt to receive such a heavenly announcement. I mean the stars couldn't outshine the angelicos that night, how bright it was. And so, let's imagine ourselves back there with the shepherds on that night when the good news was given that to you, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, has been born. Amen? Alright, the first Noel.
1: The first
2: That Christmas is one of the greatest evidences of God's love for you and me. When Jesus Christ, the Son of God, became a babe, he grew up and became a man to save you and me from our sins. And God will always love you. There is no height, no depth, no anything that will be able to separate you from the love of God if you place your faith in Jesus. So celebrate tonight that he has come, and he has come to make us his children by faith in him alone. And so we're going to sing just one more song, and then we're going to turn it back over to our pastor. And that song is O Holy Night. You know, just being out under the stars, you know, it's so wonderful, isn't it? And it helps me to just appreciate what a holy, blessed night that must have been see the
1: King of Kings there in a, in a manger. Amen. Oh, holy night. Oh, holy night. The stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Long may the world. Long Sin and near a time, till he appeared and the soul felt its worth, a thrill of hope, a thrill
0: will come to share their testimony. We're going to call on Rudy Williams, first of all, please. Rudy is going to share how he came to know Jesus
3: Christ as Savior. Uh, we have a mic. Just one of those right there. All right. <laughs> Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, yeah, a lot of beautiful people out here tonight. Should... Uh, my brothers and sisters over there, bonsoir, bonjour, 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 all right. Yeah, when I was asked by Brother Harold to share my testimony, I was a little timid because to be quite frank with you, you know, I've been saved over 15 years, but I had my struggles as a Christian as well, you know, sometimes, you know, we come to place faith in Jesus Christ, and sometimes we're told it's going to be a bowl of cherries, and everything's going to be good and you're going to have money and all the rest of it. And that may be true in some cases, but sometimes it's not. So it's just about serving Jesus out of faith and about pure, you know, hitting, letting the rubber meet the road in your life and just um, living to play Jesus Christ. The Lord tried to reach me in many ways when I was a young, a youngster. I was a profligate young man riding around on motorbikes, had a motorbike gang, all about in the back of East Street, Camp Road, um, McCullough Corner. Uh, I knew a lot of, you all may know a lot of these fellas I used to ride bike with. Uh, the, the director of uh, Team Challenge, Eric Fox, um, Bad Man Wagon, um, Six, Bob Burrows, there's 14 of us. And you know, every week I look forward to riding my bike and hanging out with these fellas, going around parties and having fun. Anyway, I had a younger brother. His name is Peter. He used to be the manager of Bamboo Shack. A lot of you might know him. He died about ten years ago. And you know, I was his idol. Now, Peter, he used to like this. He used to like this gun. He used, everywhere he goes, he had this gun with him, a shotgun. You know, he's manager for the for the restaurant, and he always wanted to catch somebody stealing. So he'd be hiding in trees and in cars. Waiting for somebody to break in so he could shoot somebody. That was his thing, this gun and getting and shooting somebody. You know, he was six foot, bright, thick. He had a lot of ladies. I mean, I thought he had had a lot of girlfriends, but this guy had those girls down on lock. Everywhere we go, a girl would be chasing him. You know, he idolized me. But I took him on motorbike rides. I lent him my car a lot of times I had to bail them out because of fights and I thought you know I thought I know like the Bible says you know if you live by the gun you, buy, you die by the gun and that might not mean not mean a lot to us here in Calvary Bible Church but you know in the in, the, in certain communities you know it's basically a way of life and you know something one night he had a dispute with uh... The other restaurant manager, and they were in a relationship, and he shot the girl, and he turned around and shot, the gun, shot himself in the head. Now, that might sound drastic, but you know, he believed that no police was ever going to take him, and so he turned the gun on himself. I tell you, it was the first time I probably cried in my teen or adult, adult life. I cried for weeks. It didn't hit me right away, but about two weeks later, I just started weeping profusely, looking up at the ceiling and saying to myself, God, you know, things gotta change. While this was, while the situation was going on, I had a girlfriend. We weren't shacked up, but I had a girlfriend and we were living an immoral life. She was one of these collect models, very beautiful young lady. And I thought, you know, I yeah, had everything I wanted. Uh, a beautiful lady at my side, planning to get married. But, you know, one day while I was out of house, preparing a meal for me and running a bar, John Hagee came on. and John Hagee was preaching from the epistle, uh, one of Paul's epistles, and saying how fornication was a sin. And he said, let me just make sure I quote this correctly. Stop fornication, basically, my, my word, stop fornication and put on the weapons of the Lord Jesus Christ. No more drinking, no more murdering, no more carousing. And guess what? The Lord was speaking to John Hagee through the TV right, through, right to me. But guess what? Because I wasn't a Christian, I couldn't receive it. No Holy Spirit inside to illuminate my mind. My heart was hardened. And I know a lot of you out there have hardened hearts. You know what a hardened heart is? Jesus Christ comes to you over and over again. People witness to you over and over again. And you know what? Every time we reject it, we reject it. And that's what I did for years. I thought it was tough, but when I was in New York at school, a young lady came up and tried to witness to me and I ran out of, I mean, like a bottle of hell. I mean, I I was so fearful that she was trying to witness to me about the Lord. I mean, that was the scariest thing I ever, more scary than public speaking. And I ran, man. Anyway, I told my girlfriend, you know something, I said, this stuff got to stop. No more sex, you know what I'm saying? I can follow this scripture passage even though I wasn't a Christian. I just felt, you know, something tugging at my heart. I said, No more sex. And uh, you know something? She said, What? No more sex? Anyway, I decided I made up my mind and I left. That was it. Later, my best friend found a shocked up with a married man. That's love for you, right? This same day he told me I'd love you even if you were in a wheelchair. As soon as the sex was terminated, there you go, there you go. Just keep it real. That really hurt me. So that was two pains I was experiencing at the same time. I couldn't eat, couldn't sleep. That night I decided this is more than I can handle. No mother, no father, just a grandmother, still aged, couldn't take my concerns to her. So you know what, that evening I decided I needed help now, and this was bigger than me. I began looking for a Bible, you know, something that Bible is so full of dust, never used. Go to church every Sunday, come on everybody, really, let's go to church, get the Bible out. All during the week, nobody reads it. Full of dust. That night I asked the Lord Jesus Christ to forgive me for my sins. I confessed my sins and asked Him to cleanse me. And you know what? He did. I had a warm feeling run all through my body. You know, there was goosebumps running all over my body. That's how I know it was real. And I woke around 2 a.m. that morning and this bright light, I was on my back. I had the Bible next to my bed, trying to read, didn't know what I was reading, didn't understand the theology. But a bright light shone on my back, and I shared this with Paul before, like 10 years ago. A bright light was shining to my back in the window, in my room, and I was scared to turn around. I thought I was going to die that night. And you know something that light was so intense, I began to sweat in the bed. And you know, what is amazing is I look outside the window, and I said, you know, it's floating trees, like, it's feet tall out my window. There's no way the moon could even shine through my window, but that bright light was on my back that night. And I swear, and I was fearful, I thought I was going to die. I never had anything like that happen to me before in my life. It was, a, it was the first time it happened to me, and basically the last time as well. But it made me realize that God was real. And you know, sometimes we don't think about when people say the spiritual world or the divine world, but I realized that night, this was divine. The next morning, immediately I got a full energy. i had power on inside now. I felt something inside me saying, leave the church you went. I was in the Catholic church. Every Sunday, going to church, prayer. I don't have nothing against other religions, but for me, it was just going to church, saying, All oh, Father, saying, Hail Mary, confessing sins to the priest, and then doing them over again next week. So, anyway, I this this feeling inside of me said, Leave the church, go look for another church. And I remember Sydney Wells, a friend of mine, I always respected Sydney Wells. So I said, Let me go and find this. Where the church where Sydney Wells, and first I went to Evangelistic Temple, I couldn't get inside because a lot of children were coming downstairs they got from Sunday school, and they couldn't get inside the sanctuary. So I drove down the Calvary Bible. And when I drove in the Calvary, when I walked in the Calvary Bible, Pastor Lee was preaching on the very verse that I was reading and trying to interpret, and he explained the entire thing for me. From then till now, I don't think, well, and missed a couple Sundays lately because of work, but but in ten years, I don't think I missed a Sunday in church. And you know, it was so illuminating to my mind. Um, you know, I knew God was real because for that to happen to, uh, that way, for Him to be expounding on the Word of God, which I was trying to interpret for myself, I just said, you know, something—it got to be a God. And you know, something a lot of people
1: nowadays say—they
3: say if God could change Rudy. It got to be—it got to be a Jesus Christ. I there, yeah, Rudy Williams could be changed and stop doing the things he was doing. You know. Womanizing, riding around on motorbikes during the party, party to party, you know, just living a profligate life. I know a lot, I look at a lot of brothers I used to ride with, some of the brothers. I saw them in jail, visited them in jail. Some of my friends died with AIDS. I think about uh, two guys, of the 14 I know now, you know, one became, one or two became a Christian beside myself. But I just look at the track, track record and I just thank God for choosing Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not going to tell you it's been an easy decision to submit to Christ and to trust Him. You know, a lot of time, like I said before, a lot of time you hear that, come to Jesus Christ, all your problems can be solved. And that is true in time and it's time, but it don't happen overnight. You know what I'm saying? It's, uh, you know, no money to be gained, no, um, no easy walk. It's a lot of trials and a lot of tribulations. But I thank God, you know, along with the trials and tribulations, give you peace. He gives you joy, and He's with you through them, you know. And He he speaks to you as as you read the Word. He speaks to you, and if you have a relationship with Him, He tells you things, you know. Save you from making a lot more mistakes. So I, I learned, I began to trust Him. Like I said earlier, the Lord is still working on me, believe me. I still make mistakes, some dumb. But Jesus paid it all for me. I confess. Stop what I'm doing, pick myself up, dust myself off, get back into the Bible and just stand. You know, the Lord aids me, He guides me. Don't ever say you're going to stop smoking, drinking, or shocking up before you come to Jesus Christ. That was the plan of the enemy for me, you know. I could have come to Jesus Christ a long time ago and avoid a lot of mistakes, but I said, you know, something i got to clean up myself before I come to Jesus Christ, man. No more smoking marijuana, no more fornication, you know, which is good. But if you wait for that idea, you never make a commitment. And I thank God, you know, uh, one day I just and say, you know something, all or nothing, man. And I made a, a confession for Jesus Christ, and that's been over 15 years now. But Satan tries to keep us in bondage, trying to clean up and make uh, make things better before we come to Jesus Christ. With the Holy Spirit, he can change you from inside out, you know, as you read the Bible and pray. So I just want to say to the residents, you know, We love you all. You know, I don't know you all. Some of you all know me. I teach a wine program. I know some of your kids. You know, I thank God for that ministry, you know. Um, Make that choice today. Accept Jesus Christ. Remember, man, David was a murderer. Remember David? Noah was a drunk. You know what I'm saying? So just come to Jesus Christ as you are. You know if I didn't, if I never done anything else in my life, you know, if I could just reach one person tonight, it'd be worth it all to me. Just one person tonight, it'd be worth it all. Now y'all can look around and see the environment we live in today, right? i just keeping it real with folks. Money is scarce. Friends and family hiding and laying low. Jails full. Crime out of hand. Prices high. You know what time it is out there. You feel me? It's all about God. God alone. Accept Jesus Christ today. I want to thank you all for coming out here and listening to me tonight. Thank you. Isn't that an amazing story to tell how God can change a person, turn his life completely around. Amen? Uh, a lot of things that Rudy said uh, that he did, I was involved in as a young man as well and God changed my life around as well so we're really thankful for that
4: I'm going to come and
0: lead another song and after we have this one we're going to have Brother Joe Sweeting to come up to give a
2: testimony testimony it's good to be saved it's good to be changed it's good to be transformed by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ well, we're going to sing a, a chorus uh, of God rest you merry gentlemen. Let nothing you dismay remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas day to save us all from Satan's power when we were going astray. And that's good news. Let's remember to share that good news this Christmas. All right? No power? All right. We've got to sing it without uh keyboard right now. No power we have here.
1: back up all right from god our heavenly father from god our heavenly father a blessed angel king and unto certain shepherds brought tidings of the same how bad in bethlehem was born the son of god by name oh tidings upon
2: This
5: time. Thank you, Brother Anton, Pastor My brothers and sisters, boys and girls, good evening. If I were to give a title to my testimony, I'd use six words. It is a good time to be alive. It is a good time to be alive. In 1976, I played tennis five times a week. I was practicing my backhand, my forehand, my serves. And one Sunday, I was in the tournament I lost the match, and my title, The national guard carried a story that my slave lacked power. And the next week, I had to be flown to Miami. And the doctor examined me, and he called my wife, and he said he found something. I had a brain tumor. I attended of time, and I time. A priest came to my bedside and he administered last rites to me. The operation took six hours and afterwards I was sent to the intensive care unit of that hospital, Jackson Memorial Hospital. And I came back and I saw I couldn't walk. And in order for me to see, I had to place one hand over one eye. I was saved from that situation because I had some people praying for me. But had I died, I would have faced a Christless eternity. It is a good time to be alive. But the story doesn't end there. Last August, I turned 71. I'm the only surviving member of my family. My mother died, father died, sister died. And I was the youngest one. And as the story goes, life doesn't end there. Last week, I was driving home from a dinner with my wife and grandson. And I came to a junction. And for some reason, I put on brakes in my car. And in a matter of seconds, just a, a fraction of a second, a big truck came rolling down. And the driver was not aware that in a matter of seconds, he could have killed two persons in my car. God is good. And I want to say that those of you who are listening to me, I have a prison ministry. I visit the prison every Sunday with the time I have to travel or speak to church service. And I tell the men in prison that real men love Jesus. I let them know that Life is short. And Jesus came so that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. And they should take advantage of Jesus, the light of the world. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Those who follow me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Today I'm having the life. It is a good life
3: to be alive. I thank Jesus for my life. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Joe, for that testimony. It is a good time to be alive, isn't it? Especially if you are alive in Christ. That's the primary thing. Amen? Okay, Anton, and then we'll have another one. All
2: right. Brother Joe he always smiles I I hardly see for the Joe without a smile and that's indicative of the Christ within him who brings joy who brings purpose, who brings life and light to our lives and so we want to celebrate that as we sing uh, another favorite Christmas carol and that's Hog the Herald Angels Sing and this speaks of why Jesus Christ came as well so let's sing it and let's reflect let's celebrate the reason for Christ coming to earth.
3: these guys were too old, but they're not as young as this fellow, all right? His name is Thaddeus Pierce. Thaddeus, come up and give your testimony this time. Let's give Thaddeus a hand. He's a young man who's serving the Lord at Thaddeus, too. Good evening.
6: Well, my name is Thaddeus, as you heard, and, well, my story is, well, I... I grew up in a Christian parent home, my parents loved me, I did, they took care of me, and I really, as a child, I really didn't have much to worry about. And so I went through life just wondering, oh, my parents told me to do this, so I'm going to do this because that's what they told me to do. And so I went through life living like that. And as I got older, I started to realize, why am I doing these things? Why am I listening to my parents? Why do I have to do these things that they tell me to do? Because... I don't know why, they should, why I should do these things. I just did because they told me. And so, as I, time went on, I went to church back and forth, and I listened to the messages and so on. I started to realize that God is the one who kept me here all this time. And I heard all the stories about people dying and not having a chance to um, become um, saved and not have a chance to go to heaven and people dying and all these sad stories and I'm like I tell myself that could be me and I always look at it and think about it and I say I really should have a reason for doing what I do and so for that reason that's why I accepted Jesus Christ into my heart and ever since like Rudy said it's not gonna be easy, it's not easy at all but because you accept Jesus Christ you have that this unknowing peace. You don't know where it comes. You don't know how it's possible that you got it. But it's a peace. And that peace comes from knowing Jesus as your Savior. And knowing that He takes care of you no matter what. You could be going through the hardest time in your life. You could be, things could be really low. You may not have the money to pay the bill at the end of the month. You may have a problem that you don't know how to fix. But there's always a peace there that Jesus is going to take care of you. And God is going to take care of you. And no matter what happens, you know that you're taken care of. Because of the God He created Everything that we have is taking care of you personally. And so from that, it just gave me the peace that I don't have to worry about what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't have to worry about what's going to happen the next second. All I have to do is worry about loving God and doing what He tells me to do. And, and that's how I live my life. And from that, I learned how I can serve God in other ways. Like I can become... Uh, serving in the church and help others know that same peace I have and so that's what I love doing because it's what God has demonstrated to me and I want to show it to others and show them how I got the peace that I got and so that's how I continue to live my life and I love God and I love doing work for him so that's all I have to say and thank you for
3: Amen, thank you very much
0: how many of you know where Calvary Bible Church is, those of
3: you in this community? Let me see your hands. a number of you. How many of you received the food baskets this morning?
0: Alright, very good. Some over here as well. Okay, very good. We want you to know that we have concern for the community, and we're here to help in any way that we possibly can. And that's why we will continue this on an ongoing basis, Lord willing, in the... Year to come in the new year. Now we have something in mind uh, to get the community involved in doing something that will help everyone in association with the members in, of the Body of Christ of Calvary Bible Church. We're calling it a, what are we calling it a community garden. A community garden. This is where uh, we grow produce and the people in the community will participate in it and they will
3: share uh, in using these products for themselves. Now, the last time we were here, we talked about this, I spoke to a young lady
0: who said that she would be able to uh, find some people who
3: help us to put it together. Now, I don't know if she's here tonight, but if she is, if you are here, I'd like to talk to you again because we want to get that going. Now, we have a young
0: man Who is involved? He's a professional, he's an expert at gardening. He's going to come up now and he's going to share a little bit about the vision that we
3: have. His name is Basil Miller. Basil, will you come up, please? He actually heads up this area in the government. He goes all around telling people how to grow things in their backyard. All right?
4: Why I why possibly call me but thank you. Um, the backyard garden program, I started for my government about five years ago. And we've had the pleasure of establishing over 6,000 backyards throughout the country. And so I've been involved in agriculture now for more than 35 years, and I've been involved in a hands-on approach. So I have, I have been trained both academically, theoretically, and practically. So what I call my ministry is uh, applied science. And so what we envision at Calvary Bible Church, we have some property in Bible where we can turn that into an area where we will put a systematic drip system to water plants directly at the root system. And the plant will receive both water and nutrients. And therefore you have a plant growing and have weeds starving. And so basically, we want to do it in conjunction with the community because we know if you have a stake in it, you will protect it. But if we grow it, and you look at it, you might steal it. But if you grow it, you ain't going to steal it because you gonna protect it. But what it, it also do, it will bring communities together. People will get to know one another because you are doing something in common. Amen. The Bible says, can two walk together unless they be agreed? If me and you are walking in the same direction, we have something in common. So if we are growing together, we will protect it, we will get to know one another, and we will be able to eat healthier. And I'll tell you this, most of the illness we have is based on the food we eat. Because we eat a lot of food that is grown by somebody else and we don't have a clue what is put into that food what type of chemical enhancers or growth inhibitors they put to either slow down the growth or speed up the growth, we don't know. And oftentimes, when they do an analysis of that crop, they just find out that, oh it is cancer-causing. And that time you already consume about 10 years of it. So we're saying to you, if you're going to grow something Right in your backyard, it can't come no fresher than that, it's about ten feet away from your kitchen. And we have had people who have done this, who have also brought back the produce and to show me, Mr. Miller, thanks to this backyard garden program, you people have been teaching this we are doing. And we import at this stage now when I used to five years ago when I was telling people about backyard garden, our import bill is five hundred million a year. That's how much food we import. Now it is Because you know, when they have a drought in the United States and their fields die because of lack of water, the food gets scarce, gas prices go up, and it takes to get that food from California here an extraordinary amount of fuel and a high price because of the scarcity of it. And so everything goes up in the food store and it affects all of our pockets. But if we can grow it right next to our kitchen or in our neighborhoods, we can bring the price down, we can eat healthier, and we can be a people that develop a community spirit. Because we all know community spirit is almost dead in this country. And so we need something that will bring us together in a common goal. And the number one industry in the world is not the army or the navy, you know, is food. Show me a person that do not eat, and I'll show you a hole in the ground that they're in. So everybody eats, so growing food is very important. We looked down on farming in this country for a very long time because we think that if you are a farmer, you wear a big straw hat, and a coverall, and you have a cutlass. Even when you was in school, you know they tell you, if you are not academically inclined, then you do agriculture. I say to you, if you are scientifically inclined, then you can actually take agriculture to the next level. So we implore you people in this community to work with us. And if you work with us, the benefits will be all around for you, for your health, for your children, for saving some money, and for actually entrepreneurship. Because as you start to grow food in small communities, you will find that little farmer's market where fresh fruit will be popping up all through the community and people can become business person and make money. And I'm sure that will water your appetite, if you can make some money of growing food. Thank you.
0: All right. Back hand here. All right. Those of you who live around there, how many of you like that idea? Would you raise your hand? Those who like to be involved in that? Those in the community? All right, we have a few here, good. Now, again, uh, if you would like to talk to us afterwards, please come up to see me or, ba- or Basil, and we'll talk to you about it. How many of you have this little booklet? You want to be sure that all of you have it. If you have it you just raising your hand, if you have the booklet? All right, those of you who don't, would you raise your hand so we can get to one, because we're going to need it. Right on over here, would somebody give this lady one, please? Any other person needs this? There's some right here? Okay. Because we're going to need this. We're going to have a message now, and we're going to use this in the message. Okay?
3: There you go. You have one. Right? You have one. Okay.
0: You're pleased tonight to have as our speaker,
3: Mr. Randy
0: Pierce. He's actually the father of the young man who just gave his testimony. So I'm going to ask Brother Randy to come up now to give us a short gospel message. And please, you need this booklet, all right? Good evening. I'm very well, glad all of you were able to come on tonight. And like our Pastor Lee said, we got, the message is actually this book. What's in this book? Now, Jesus said it's better to give than to receive. A lot of you got the food baskets or food bags today. Uh, got one of these in it. And uh, what is important is that this, what's in this little gospel tract, is more important than the food that you got. Because you can eat all that food up. All that food is going to go. But what you get can get from this little booklet will last you through eternity. And that is what is most important. Not just this life, but eternity. Now, oftentimes we find ourselves in a situation in life where when people come to us and say, boy, you know, um, I've looked at your situation and I've got some good news and I've got some bad news. Well, that's what we want to share tonight, some good news and some bad news. But where's the bad news? Uh, if you look at the tract if you have, um, the Bible contains both good news and bad news. Now, a lot of people don't like to hear the bad news. They only want to hear the good news. And even when they hear the good news, they don't respond positively to the good news. But the Bible contains both good news and bad news. The bad news is something about you and me. The good news is something about God. And so the first thing we want to look at in this little track is the bad news. And the bad news, number one, is that we are all sinners. Now, some people don't like to think of themselves as sinners. The Bible says, all have sinned, not some, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So what does sin mean? What does the Bible mean when it says all of sin"? That word sin, that word we don't like. We don't like to hear it. and We don't like nobody calling us it. What does it mean? It means that we have missed the mark. God has a target. And in order to be on good terms with him, we got to hit the target. When we lie, a lot of people lie to get out of scrapes, they find themselves in situations where they know if they tell the truth they're going to find themselves in trouble, and so they lie. But lying is a part of the sin. Hate. Someone do something and they say, you know, I don't get mad, I get even," And so they decide to hate that person and do some things hateful to hurt that person so that that person can hurt just as much as that person hurt them. And so hate is a part of it. Lust, and we already talked about it tonight, about lusting after the flesh. But people only lust after the flesh or so other individuals, but they lust after things that people have. And then there is gossip, and that's a big one. We talk about people behind their back and say bad things about people, and many times it causes people to lose their lives as a result of it. And so we've missed the mark, we've missed the standard that God has set. God has a particular standard that He set, and in order to get on good terms with God, have a relationship with God, we have to hit that mark all the time. It is not a hit and miss situation. We've got to hit it all the time. Suppose you and I, suppose you and I each have to throw a rock and try to hit the North Pole. You might throw much farther than I throw, but neither of us would hit it. Which means that we all miss the mark. When the Bible says all have sinned and fall short, it means that we have all come short of God's standard of perfection. God's measurements. In thoughts, we've come short. In our words, we've come short. In our actions, or our deeds, we've come short. And so it means that we are not perfect. And many of us would agree that we are not perfect, right? We all agree that we mess up sometimes, we make mistakes, and uh, we need God to forgive us. But then the bad news gets worse. You may think that that's bad enough, but it gets gets much worse than that. And so bad news number two is, the penalty for sin is not going to prison so that Brother Joe can come and talk to you every week. The bad news is the penalty for sin is death. Anybody here really want to die? Do we have anybody here that really want to die? Nobody wants to die. Everybody wants to live. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. That's what it is. And one illustration is: suppose I you work for me and I paid you $50. The so $50 would be your wages. That's what you work for. You've earned that. That's what you've earned as a result of the toil and the labor that you've done. The Bible says that by sinning, you have earned the wages of death. That's what you get. For living a life of sin. Death. Nothing else. That means that we deserve to die and be separated from God forever. Now some people, they may not think that that means very much. But... To die and be separated from God is a a miserable life. It's a life of torment. The Bible tells a story about a rich man and a poor man. And the rich man died. And the Bible says when he died, after he died, he opened his eyes in hell, And he was in misery. He said that the the water that could hold on the tip of his finger would have been a taste of paradise for him. Now how many of you would think that that just the water on the tip of your finger would be a taste of paradise? for a whole cup of water, right? For that rich man, that tip of water, the tip of this finger would have been the taste of paradise. And that's just an example of what life would be like without God. Separated from God. Since there was no way that we could come to God, the Bible says, God came to us. Nothing that you could possibly do. No good works. Which you're going to come to, and that brings us to the good news. The good news is that Christ died for you. Now you might think, well, me? I'm nobody. You may think you you nobody, but as far as God is concerned, you're somebody. You're made in the image of God. He loves you. The Bible says God so loved the world. Not just the things of the world. He loved the people of the world because they were created in His image and His likeness. God loves you so much that He sent His only begotten Son to die in your place. Suppose you were in hospital dying of cancer. I came to you and said, let's, let's take the cancer cells from your body and put them in my body. Wouldn't you like someone to do that for you if you have cancer? The doctor says, oh, you know, there's nothing more we could do. You've done all that we could do. Medical technology can't go any further to save your life. I'm sorry, this amount of time, and uh, you may be like uh, like the doctor said to Brother Joe, come and read your last rites. If it were possible for that to happen, what would happen to me? If they were able to take the cancer cells from my body and put them in your body, what would happen to me? What would happen to me? I'll die, exactly. What would happen to you? you live exactly I would die and you would live I would die in your place which is what Jesus Christ did for you the Bible says Christ took the penalty that we deserve for sin placed it upon himself and died in our place and then of course a miraculous thing happened three days later the Bible says he rose from the dead he came back to life To prove that sin and death had been conquered and that his claims that he made during his lifetime would be true. But this is the bad news got worse, the good news gets better. And that is, you can be saved through faith in Jesus Christ. You can be saved. You don't have to go on living a life hoping. Hoping that you would make it in. There are a lot of people who are going through life tonight, probably one of them. You're going through life hoping that you would make it in someday. Ephesians says, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift from God, through faith, not of yourselves, it's a gift from God, not of works, so that you can't go around bragging and boasting about what you've done to earn your salvation or to get your salvation. Faith means trust. Now, there are a lot of times we find it difficult to trust people because we've been burned so many times. We put our trust in someone and they let us down. But faith in God means trusting God because He'll never let you down. He'll always be there for you. And you heard the testimonies tonight about individuals who put their trust in God and even though they declare that things are not always going to be as we like them to be, they're not always going to be as we want them to be, but we can trust God that he's going to work it out in our lives. And so the question is, what must you trust? What must you trust Christ for? What do you trust him for? The answer? You must depend on him alone to forgive you and give you eternal life. Christ and Christ alone. Not Christ and this or Christ and that or Christ and something else. Just as you trust in the dents that you're sitting on, the bleachers that you're sitting on, the chairs that you're sitting on tonight, are you putting any effort into those chairs holding you up right now? What are you doing to have those chairs hold you up? What are you doing to have those bleachers hold you up? Nothing, right? Well, that's what it means to put trust in God. You trust in Christ alone. Not in Christ in some effort or some thing that you're doing to help God. See, God doesn't need help. God doesn't need you to help Him to save you. He can do it all by Himself. And so trust is important. But you may say, well, I'm religious. I've always been a religious person. Always gone to church. Doesn't that account for something? I go to church all the time. Or I'm a good person. I mean, I don't, I don't offend anybody, I don't hurt anybody, I don't do anybody wrong. You know, all my neighbors could tell you that I'm a good person. They've never heard me uh, swear at somebody. They've never heard me steal from somebody. You know, I'm a good person. I mean, doesn't that account for, for something? And then we say, well, you know, I have the poor. You know, whenever I hear about somebody who has a need, I, I try to do my best to help them. I may not have much, but I, I try to help with whatever I have. If I see a person in trouble, I I run to the rescue and I try to help them out. And then we may say, well, I don't do anything that's really bad. You know, we have this uh, category of badness among us. And you you look at people and you say, well, that's a bad person because they fit into that particular criteria or stereotype that we, we have in our community. And so we put ourselves in a category where we say, well, you know, I don't really do anything bad. I'm a good person. I mean, so why wouldn't God just, you know, let me into heaven? Because I, I'm good. There are a lot of people who are counting and hoping that that will get them into heaven. These are all good. They're all good. But good living, growing to church, helping the poor, and any other good thing that you might think about doing that somebody else may not think of, and that you may get a lot of praise and a lot of credit for, is not enough to get you to heaven. What you need to do to get to heaven is trust the Lord Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ alone. Not the preacher, not the pastor, not some good friend, Jesus Christ alone. And God will give you eternal life as not wages, That you would have to work for and earn, but as a gift. Do you pay anything for a gift? When someone gives you a gift, what do you do? You receive it, right? You don't put your hand in your pocket and say, okay, how much do I owe you for this gift? It's a gift. You freely accept it. And that's what God wants to do for you tonight. That's what He wants to give. He wants to give you the gift of eternal life. Now the question that you need to answer tonight is, is there anything keeping me from trusting Christ right now? What is it in my life right now that is causing me not to be able to accept, to trust that Jesus Christ could save me like He said He would? Why can't I trust Him? Is there something in my life that's going on that I don't want to let go of to trust Christ? You could probably think of a whole lot of things. I it may just be one or two things. But whatever it is, think carefully. There's nothing more important than your need to trust Christ. You need to do that. We live in a a very difficult time. People are dying left, right and center. None of those people are ever planning to die the way they die. It's random. They're victims sometimes. We're We're not guaranteed tomorrow. None of us can say for sure that we're going to be able to wake up tomorrow morning. Some people who are planning to do some things today, didn't wake up this morning. They died during the night. And all those plans that they made, will never come to fruition. Now that can happen, God forbid, to any one of us here tonight. Of, some of us here may not even make it home. God forbid. You know, we take for granted that we can just jump in our vehicles or walk down the street and get where we're going. But that's not even guaranteed. There's no guarantees in this life. And so it's very important that we make the decision to trust the Lord Jesus Christ and accept the gift that He offers us. What would you like to tell God? you? Wouldn't you like to tell God that you're trusting Jesus Christ as your Savior? Wouldn't that be something nice that you could do tonight? You can't do that. If you would, why not pray right now and tell God that you are trusting his son you know the way they tell you go home some people say oh you know I'll when I go home tonight I'll pray and I'll ask God to come who tell you you're going to get home What guarantee that you have that you're going to make it home you can do that right now and we're going to ask you to do that if you're here tonight and you want to trust the Lord Jesus Christ Christ alone for salvation and receive the gift of eternal life we're gonna ask you to repeat this prayer now I want you to understand that it's not the prayer that's saving you it's not the prayer that's gonna save you it's trusting Jesus Christ that will really save you okay now some people will tell you you know you don't just pray this prayer and, and and the prayer will save you that's not true trusting Jesus Christ the prayer is actually talking to God and asking him, uh, to telling him what you're going to do. And so here's the prayer. If you want to pray this prayer, we're going to ask you to bow your heads right now and uh, speak as if you're just speaking to God, God alone. Forget about all those voices around you. And you're speaking to God alone in the quietness of your own heart. And just repeat this prayer in your heart. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know that my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the grave. I trust Jesus Christ alone as my Savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I now have in Jesus' name, Amen. Now, if you have prayed that prayer, God will not turn you down he will not reject you. If you pray that prayer with sincerity in your heart, you now have eternal life. According to the Bible, you will never perish. That's God's Word. And you can count on His Word. And so the question then is, you prayed that prayer, but what really just happened? What really happened? The Bible explains. He who hears my word and believe in him who sent me has everlasting life. Not will have everlasting life, but you already have it. Have everlasting life and shall not come into judgment. But has passed, passed, passed from death into life. So you no longer need to fear death. That's the point. You do no, no longer need to fear that, well what if I die tonight in my sleep, well, where am I going to end up? No longer need to be concerned about that. And so the question is, did you hear God's word? Did you believe what God said and trust Christ as your savior? Does, does has everlasting life mean later? All right, right now do you? does it say shall not come into judgment or might not? does it say has passed from death or shall pass? everything is in the positive has passed eternal life is based on fact not feeling a lot of people say, well, you know, I don't feel saved. It's not about feeling. So we don't want you to leave here tonight feeling that you have not been saved. It's not about feeling. It's about fact. You prayed, you asked the Lord Jesus Christ to come into your heart, you trust Him, you believe that that is what He's done. It's not about feeling. You can wake up tomorrow morning and say, well, you know, I made that decision. I prayed that prayer last night, but you know, I really don't feel saved today. It doesn't matter. It's not about feeling. And we live in a world today where people do everything based on feelings, don't they? Yes, we do. So now that that you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you now have the gift of eternal life. You no longer need to fear death. You know that should you die tonight, tomorrow, next week, you're going to be with the Lord in heaven, absent from the body, present with the Lord. The Bible says, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. So, what do you do now? What comes next? Someone said, Saved now what? Well, there are a couple of things that we need to take into consideration. Having trusted Christ as your only way to heaven, here's how to grow in your relationship with Him. And it's important that you grow, that's very important. Uh, The Bible tells us that we have to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So that's a requirement for us as we have made a commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to grow. And the things that we need to do is tell God what's on your mind through prayer. And that's what prayer is really all about. Talking to God. Telling God what's on your mind, what you're thinking, you're going through some struggles, you're having some difficulties. You simply go to God and talk to Him. You have a problem with that? Pull up an empty chair, imagine that God is sitting in that chair, and talk to Him. And then read the Bible daily. Because that's the way God talks to us. We talk to God by praying, but He talks to us by reading the Bible. Now how can we have a good relationship with God if we talk to Him, but we don't let Him talk to us? The way we let him talk to us is by reading his word. That's how he communicates with us. And we started the book of Philippians. So we read God's le- word to learn more about him and to learn from him. Two things. We learn about God, know what God is like, who he is, and we learn from him. In other words, he's teaching us as we read the word of God. Alright? You don't know, read really, it, he's not going to be able to teach you. And then we worship God we worship with God's people in a local church the Bible reminds us to forsake not the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is in other words there are some people who are forsaking getting together with God's people in in corporate worship Bible says don't do that that's a part of your growth process that's how you're going to grow in your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ you cannot say, well, child, I ain't going to be with them people. I ain't going to be with them. No. God wants us to grow with his people. That's the only way it's going to grow. Other people are going to have some, some difficulties in their lives. They're going to have some struggles. And they're going to be able to help you because you're probably going to be going through the same thing. And so it's important that we worship with God's people in a local church where the word of God is taught and preached sound Bible teaching. And then we need to tell others about the Lord Jesus Christ. I know some of you go to uh, these various stores, especially at this time of the year. And um, In fact I was in a store uh, recently and um, I was pushing a cart and I had some things in the cart and this lady um, came up to the cart and she looked at this uh, this cutting board that we had in the car, and she said, uh, how much do you pay for that? And we told her what it, what it cost, and she said, no, 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 you can get it cheaper down the road, go to, go to the another store. Okay, and we went to the other store, and we got it at a better price. And that's what you do with the gospel. Okay, it has been a blessing to you. It has helped you. Are you going to keep it to yourself? You're going to go and tell everybody you know. Listen child, I got this and this is a good deal. It's a good price, it's a good bargain. But is the best bargain in town. Can't beat it. It's a free gift of eternal life. You don't have to pay anything for it. Go and tell people about it. If it's been a blessing to you, if it's good for you, then you want to share it with others. And that makes you, uh, that puts you in the same category that we're in tonight sharing the Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. If it's so good, why keep it to yourself? Unless you want to be selfish, and I know you don't want to be selfish, right? God wants you to tell others about Him. If He's been so good to you, let others know, so that they can share in the blessing as well. Amen? The Lord bless you and make you a blessing, especially those of you who have made a decision tonight. We want to know about it. Come, let us know that you've made a decision for Christ because you're going to need prayer. And we want to pray for you. We want to have your name and we're going to put it on our prayer list and we're going to pray for you because you're going to be running into some difficulties. See, the devil don't like the decision that you made because you just left his kingdom and went into another kingdom. So his is lost. And you need to have God's people praying for you that God will continue to strengthen you, that you will continue to walk righteously before him. So, if you made that decision tonight, tell us about it. Let Pastor Lee know. Let us know so that we can pray for you. We really want to. Amen. Amen. Pastor Lee. Amen. Amen. Thank you
3: for being here.
4: Now, what we want to do is we're going to
3: give you a. The- If you have
0: prayed that prayer tonight, we want you to come here in the front. We would like to pray with you before you go home. Now, also, if those of you who have the book and you'd like to know more about this or ask questions, right in the back here, if you have a pen, write the number of the church 326 0800. If you have any questions, anything you want to, just call the church, ask for me. And we will be glad to talk to you to answer any questions you have on this book. Okay? So now we're going to ask you to stand for this particular this last uh, song. And as we sing it, if you have prayed that prayer, please come up front here so we can meet you and talk with you at
3: this time. All right? And then we're going to ask Anton also to closing in prayer when we finish.
1: Amen.